Welcome everyone to the fourth episode of the Big Idea Podcast. Today's guest is Logan Broger. He is the creative director of Giants and Gentlemen. Today's episode will be focused about on emotions and how to be respectful when using humor in advertising. So, first of all, hello Logan, how are you today? Please tell us how your day is going. Ah, thanks for having me. Um, it's going good. My girlfriend's Italian, so we were just watching the Euro Cup in Little Italy, and they won. So things are good. That's great. A very different story if they lost, but everything's good. <laughs> How are things with you? Well, everything's great. Uh, we're just, you know, going along, enjoying the summer, and try to, you know, go out as, as things are opening back again. Yeah. So just to start, uh, well. Something that we found in your work is the use of emotions and why it's important to have emotions within advertising. I love that topic in general. I mean, it's it, it's pretty broad, but I think especially in the essence of kind of humor, but in general is uh, people love stories and emotion is baked into every story that anyone's kind of ever told. You know, there's a there's a natural tension point to it. There's uh, there's the hero. There's some there's something to overcome, and then there's the relief after. And I think it's not too surprising that advertising can use the same kind of structure, even in thirty seconds or fifteen seconds, to convey why a product is effective or a brand should be part of your daily life because we all have issues on a daily basis of course and and the role a brand can play in kind of helping you overcome those issues uh it, it ties right back to emotions because if you have if you have a problem whether it's small or big there's an emotion tied to it a frustration or or something bigger and a brand being able to play on that whether through humor because a lot of the struggles we face can be done in a humorous way uh, or in another kind of way is it, it just shows it, a brand can say, Hey, we understand your life and we can play a role in it and help you kind of overcome an issue you have. So I think that's kind of the importance is telling those stories. One hooks people because we, something that doesn't have a story is boring. It doesn't have enough depth to it, but then there's also this, the, a story allows for a structure where, uh, a brand gets to say again, like, there's a problem. We can we can help you solve it. Okay, and well, expanding on humor, so we see that it's effective. And how how do you? What's your take on on, for example, uh, Twitter feuds from brands like when they break that narrative of being corporate and being you know uh, toned down, but when when they go on the other side and they start to take it personal and start to to throw some jabs at other companies or, or you know, when, when they make it personal, why does that relate too much to people? If you can give us some insight on that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so one thing I've noticed is a lot of the time where brands are quote unquote feuding with each other. You know, if you actually look into who the brands are owned by often now they're owned by kind of the same company. <laughs> so, True. so it helps them, you know, relieve any sort of, uh, possible issues that something could arise but taking that out of it humor in general and especially when it comes to those feuds is kind of the best way especially on social media and especially on a platform like twitter 
to show that a brand quote unquote gets it and kind of is a part of culture in a way, you know, I think is really obvious when uh, a brand doesn't get it. You know, the worst kind of is when a brand tries to look like they get it and then they, they don't. So like using verbiage incorrectly or using like a new meme completely incorrectly. I have some examples, but I, I don't really want to call out brands or anything because I'm sure I know some of the people working on some of them and stuff. But <laughs> okay. but I but we've all seen it. We've all seen it on Twitter where or even Instagram or whatever where brands just completely don't understand what they're talking about. But I think you know in, in the end the reason to kind of use humor and to have those kind of fake feuds is to wow. be more human. And I think you know I, social networks like Twitter give us more insight into the workings of the world as a whole you can see the things people are going through across the globe and as a result you see the kind of stuff companies and brands are kind of up to that you would have never known about if it wasn't for how fast we're able to relay information to each other the counter to that is brands getting to act a little bit more like human beings showing that they're you know they're like us Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think those Twitter feuds are a way to do that. It's the same as kind of two people bickering back and forth on Twitter. Of course, the brands are doing it in a little bit more of a structured way, but I think that's really the reason for it is, is just trying to be a part of culture and trying to show that they're more human and not just some stuck up, uh, brand. And I think, you know, like no frills is a great example of a brand that's done it well, uh, mm -hmm. right from their I mean big spots down to how they run like i love their twitter account i think it's hilarious yeah, I mean, like uh they just post yes. products and then write a one-liner kind of sarcastic joke about it and that's it and i'm like this is perfect because everyone knows that you're a grocery store you don't need to <laughs> lie about what you're selling to them but you, mm -hmm. you do it in just a way that people go that's funny and it doesn't come off as fake it just comes off as like that's the brand yeah another great example i was just just to close this point to to get in is the campaign you wrote for choose.ca like that was an amazing campaign it was really humorous it really went to the tone and it honestly put a lot of perspective but i wanted to get into the insight that how did the team come up with that idea because it's it sticks and even to this day like years after it's still being remembered and it's a great campaign it doesn't lose its touch like it aged well yeah well i mean first of all i appreciate that thank you and it was definitely uh that was actually the entire kind of creative department you know, we all worked on it when it first launched. And I mean, doing the kind of super Canadian thing isn't necessarily new, but I think the kind of, you know, tongue in cheek extra level we took it to uh, was maybe something not seen as much. And I think it was just like, there's always this delicate balance of, uh, I think, especially with Canadiana, where we kind of, like people do make those jokes, but then there's also just a quick understanding of it. So it, it, that's always something I struggle with it. You know, it kind of, it, it's a similar view I have on like puns in advertising where I get that like puns and Canadian and these things that are well-trodden territory <laughs> on one hand are like, well, it's not necessarily new or it's a little bit easy, but at the same time, your job in advertising is to communicate your goals really quickly and especially now when like 
like I'll tell you every media plan I get, the majority of it is like six second ads and 15 second ads. So things are shorter. People's attention spans are shorter. So you need these kind of, these kind of roads and topics that people understand really quickly to, to get in. Like not everything's a 60 second epic $2 million ad. I know that's what wins awards and that's cool. But when it comes to like the day to day stuff, uh, so you know, choose the choose.ca Sierra stuff was uh, kind of that us leveraging some stuff that people understood and then having fun with it and kind of taking it to that next level. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I appreciate the the kind words uh, about it. Like kind of anything, uh, you need a little bit of cultural understanding as your jumping off point, and in this case, Canadiana, and then kind of taking it to that next humorous level. Yeah, that, no, I definitely like I understand where you're coming from and it's a nice in like perspective what you're talking about regarding you talked about um balance and mm-hmm. how when it comes to creating a campaign there you how would you and your expertise make light of a heavy or dark topic if or when needed yeah that one's always a little bit tougher i mean there's kind of balance is, is... <sighs> Balance is one of those things that if I was in your shoes doing this podcast and I had someone come on and talk about balance, I'd be like, that sounds like a cop-out answer. (laughs) But then you get into like the reality of everything Mm -hmm. and everything is a little bit about balance. Now, when it comes to those like heavier topics, I think that like Twitter, kind of what I was jumping, like jumping off of what I was saying before, Twitter's really given us insight and understanding into a lot of things in the world that we haven't had before. Right. And I think as a result, people like want to laugh more because, and I say this a little bit facetiously, but it's also just because of what Twitter has allowed us to kind of see is that like life, life is kind of like shit, you know, like (laughs) there's so much, much, yeah, there's so much stuff going on all the time is really what I'm getting to. So I think as a result, we want to laugh more and, Mm -hmm. You know, Twitter's the best place that after some like sort of major world event happens, no matter how dark or grim, Twitter always has jokes and memes like at the ready. Uh-huh. And it's crazy. To think. Yeah, like it's 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 always right away. Now there's there's the sensitivity of a brand kind of jumping into that. And I think mm-hmm. it's it's really delicate as a brand to jump in on any of those things because there's a difference between like people making those jokes and brands. And we see it all the time. Like, you know, the, the infamous like years and years ago where it was that like sofa clearance brand that tried to do a sale on September 11th, like an anniversary of like, like things like that. Like, (laughs) like, I don't know who needed to just say, this is a bad idea, but like someone needed to just say, this is a bad idea. And I think as a brand, like, looking for light in a dark topic is is a lot tougher because it people are just like well you're you're a brand unless you're putting your money where your mouth is and actually like Mm -hmm. doing something about the dark topic i think that gives you permission to maybe make light of it but otherwise i don't think you should touch it right Uh, and that's a little bit again of like a cop-out answer but not every brand also has to have a an opinion about everything that's one thing i've gotten kind of tired of it's like I don't need every fast food brand to have a, an opinion about everything going on in the world at every given time. Like, it's no one's expecting that anymore mm-hmm. because every 
because we're seeing so much stuff going on so much frequently, more frequently mm -hmm. than before that every brand doesn't have to talk about everything. So it's, it's about choosing what's relevant to your brand. If you have, if you feel you have actual genuine permission to, to say that, you know, I, you, you kind of brought up in, in some of the questions like the, like, pe of course, everyone knows now the Pepsi commercial with yeah I was with, gonna bring it up yeah, yeah with, with, with Kendall Jenner and <laughs> I think worry, it, I still am. <laughs> yeah I think it connects to this perfectly and it's like you know at no point nothing gave Pepsi permission to talk about anything to do with police brutality and Black Lives Matter like nothing mm -hmm. at any point mm -hmm. like it, it it would be so much worthwhile like I've always I see this joke on Twitter a lot it's like you could pay me millions of dollars just to like step in boardrooms and say no to things and I would be more than worth the money and that was one of those examples where it's like you had no permission to try and make light of this or have your brand be a part of this conversation mm -hmm. they should have just instead of making that 15 million dollar ad like made a 15 million dollar contribution to some like exactly organizations that actually exactly. do good Right. So that's what I mean about yeah. having permission to be a part of that. And that connects right back to making light of a dark topic, because that's kind of what that Pepsi ad was trying to do. It's like things aren't so bad if you just share a Pepsi. It's like, wait, what? Like, yeah, things are way worse than sharing a pop. <laughs> you know, Yeah, it's crazy. I was going to do this last question, but I'm going to go right into it because we're in the Pepsi world right now. <laughs> sure. Um, I don't know about a lot of peers but definitely myself and those who are involved in big idea the big idea how <laughs> does this get through so many higher ups within the company and still air so what's your response to that and how would you as a professional explain the process of approval to the generic public because we get i get it asked to this day and i'm not even a step button really in the industry yeah so <laughs> I mean, yeah. that, that's something I, I remember when the ad happened, even talking about that with my family and like the only explanation I could come up with. First of all, I guarantee no one had no one has ever put their name on that. Like no one from client side right. or creative side has wanted to put their name on that. And rightfully mm -hmm. so. But mm -hmm. the only theory I can have is that it was an idea someone client side had and was really right. passionate about and the, when you when you strip it down to its bare bones like <laughs> you can see it was coming from a good place that's what's so frustrating yeah right? like yeah. you're not like this wasn't a brand coming out and trying to be like this problem doesn't exist mm -hmm. but they were obviously misguided in how they brought it to life and no one at any point mm -hmm. said no to them but or they did and the person was too powerful to have the no mean anything but my theory is just that someone was really passionate about it client side and right. it got pushed through. And maybe that's giving too much credit to like creatives at ad agencies. I just can't like creatives, people at agencies have a generally good idea of like what's going on in the world, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I'm not saying everyone's perfect or anything. Like every creative is like untouchable. That's not what I mean, but it's, it's hard for me to fathom that a creative and an agency could come with it. And then they're, creative partner would be like yeah that's cool and then their creative director would be like yeah that's cool 
and then the strategist mm-hmm. would be like, "Yeah, that's cool." And then that's the do well, account, apparently. and then yeah, <laughs> like, and then the and then the imagine. account people would be like, "Yeah, that's okay." And then it would get to client. Like, there's way too many layers there for me for it to pass the, pass the sniff test. So to me, right. it feels a lot more likely that it was a, a much more of an internal navel gazing kind of situation, and mm-hmm. that helped it happen. And yeah, that's the only theory I can come up with because I'm in the same boat as you. Like being someone right. that's been in the industry, like when that happened, I just my you have every questions. Pers- people ask you all the time. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. R- rightfully so. Like what? I of course. Yeah, because they want to know. Because a lot of people are into like when I say what I do and what I want to become. Like people ask questions, and like that's an obvious like thing. That maybe like not even like I haven't been taught yet, or like. That's why when we have all these like experts come on to this podcast, we want to know like those real life experiences and like what you do. <laughs> yeah. You know, because right. sometimes it's not even a teachable moment in class, really. No, and that's, yeah, that's one of those things like a short time in the industry that you learn like mm-hmm. s- so many things are like perfect storms in good ways and bads for like things to happen. Like mm-hmm. some of my, like favorite work that I've done a lot of the time. It's just this weird, perfect storm of like things happening, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Like I've done stuff for the government, like early on in my career where I think the only reason it ever happened was because some decision makers were on vacation and I'm like, (laughs) and I'm not even like joking. Like that's just, it just, that's just how stuff happens sometimes. Like it's just this storm. And that's obviously the Pepsi example is kind of like a perfect storm example in the opposite direction where it's like, yeah, a bunch of things all had to go like, wrong and no one kind of check it to right. for it to happen because that's the only explanation I can come up with maybe there is another yeah. one but that's the only one i've yeah. ever been able to wrap my head around um kind of like the f- like last question when say for example pepsi comes to you and they want to bring up that certain topic <laughs> how would you implement that throughout the campaign to satisfy them but not make it offensive or like if the topic seems to be controversial, which I think a lot of social things regarding like Black Lives Matter or voting or whatever, it, it like no matter what, it is a controversial topic. So what would you advise or how would you go about that? I Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I've had it on that scale, but I've done smaller <laughs> things where I've simply just said, like, that's not a good idea and, and right. voiced as to why and like that's all you can really do like at the end of the day i mean what the relationship is supposed to be is like a partnership and and right. good clients and good agencies respect that both ways mm-hmm. and so i have done that and then you know had stuff as a result go like oh yeah that's probably a good call not to not to touch that and then mm-hmm. you just and you and you don't. So, I mean, I haven't had it on the scale where, yeah. like, I don't know what the, the this is the, what I struggle with, with the Pepsi thing is like, I don't know what the bigger strategic thing was because for that spot to occur, like, there's a lot of, like, I've made a million TV spots at this point and I know how the production schedule goes and I just don't, like, they would have had to have been in production for a while on that, obviously to get like, you know, Kendall Jenner and the other, like how much budget was spent on that ad, even like in the amount of extras and all that kind of stuff. It was just like, I know the process 
and the process is not just some like one day thing where someone has an idea and you make it the next day. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, so I don't know strategically what the bigger thought was. So that's, you know, it's easy to look at it and say like, you know, client comes to you with X and they want you to make it. What do you say to it? I mean, you say, obviously you, you voice your reasons as to, to why not. And you have a, a genuine conversation, but mm -hmm. there's a lot of things, you know, out of your control, especially client side. I mean, yeah, I, I I've, I've dealt with it on smaller scales, you know, social posts, that kind of yeah. stuff. And it's really easy to kill a social post compared to yeah. a TV spot. So I, uh, the easy answer is I would voice my opinion, but who knows how far that would go. Yeah. No, that's, that's very good and reassuring also. So, um, Nicholas, do you have any two cents? <laughs> well, I just want to say thank you for your time, Logan. And it was a great yeah. episode. And well, I yeah. Wrap it up. They will, who knew? Very insightful. Um, and that's the end of the big idea this episode. We just wanted to give you, Logan, a huge thank you, not only for meeting with us, but sharing your insightful thoughts on the industry and your knowledge. Um, yeah, thank you. And if you want to catch Logan, our listeners, is there any way you would like to follow them, connect with them? If you want to shout out something that you're doing, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... You know, we've, uh, I mean, you can just add me on like LinkedIn and stuff like that. Nothing too crazy. Uh, also give, you know, uh, the agency I work at, like we're super, we're pretty small and lean, really small creative departments. So, you know, take a look at giantsandgents.com, see the stuff we're up to. We kind of pride ourselves on being like a, a nimble indie that does a lot of, and a lot of production. Uh, we work with some cool brands and have done some cool stuff. One thing I'm going to throw in, cause it's kind of connected to everything we've talked about is uh you know we did this spot for dr rocker where we had a centaur in it and uh you know you, you were kind of asking before about you know sensitive sensitivities and stuff and uh i guess this is connected i don't know i just i think of this all the time so i'm just gonna bring it up as like what people are sensitive to but uh we had a centaur in our spot and we received kind of like a complaint uh, from someone who proudly signed off their email from being like the white nationalist party of Canada. So yeah. there's a, there's a fun anecdote <laughs> for you about the kind of stuff that you sometimes experience in the industry. And it was about having a yeah. centaur in our ad. So, uh, there you go. That's how I'm signing off is that we had a centaur wow. and that happened, but also thank you for having me. Well, we're very happy that you were here with us. Thank you very much. And please have a wonderful <laughs> evening and enjoy winning the Euro Cup. So <laughs> thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks, guys. <laughs>